Well, I'm standing here today in front of uh, this building that God has has blessed us with. And uh, later on, I'll tell you more of the story in the next couple weeks of how it all happened. It's an amazing story. But we, uh, you know, Kristen and I uh, started the hills in our home. And then for nine years, we have been a set-up and tear-down church. We haven't had our own building. And now here we are. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard the story about the guy that saw a dog chasing a car. And he looked at the dog and said, what you going to do when you catch it? You ever thought about that? And so after we signed the papers on this building, we drove over here. And Kristen said, well, we caught us a building. So that's exactly right we have. But this building is more than a building. You know, it was a movie theater for years and years, and now it's going to become the home for the hills and the house of God. The house of God has always been symbolic of God's presence and God's purpose. God blesses those who love his house. It's all through the Bible. God always blesses those who love his house. He loves it when we focus on him and we focus on his There's a great passage of scripture. I'm not going to have you turn there, but you can read it when you get home if you don't trust me. It's in 1 Kings chapter 8, and it talks about the the dedication of the temple that Solomon built. And Solomon prayed a prayer, and he said, Lord, if enemies and drought and famine and sin, if, if, if your people will pray toward the temple, stretch their hands toward the temple, I pray that you will hear them. Even the foreigners, those that don't feel like they belong in the house of God. And God showed up to him in a dream that night, and he said, I've answered your prayer, and if you will pray toward this temple, if you will keep your, your mindset on the house of God, I will always hear your prayers. There's a great scripture in Malachi that many will quote talking about tithing, and it is talking about tithing, but it's actually talking more about the house of God. And God said, because my house is in shambles because you haven't tithed. And he said, here's why I want you to tithe, because then my house becomes the most important thing for you. And he said this, if you will do this, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to store it. How many want that kind of blessing? Raise your hand, honk your horns, shout hallelujah at home. That's the kind of blessing I think I could handle. How do we get that? By being someone who gives of our first fruits, our tithes and our offerings, and we make the house of God important. For some people, church is just not a big deal. I'm believing that in this next season that we're going to make church a big deal. The house of God a big deal. I'm believing for that. I'm praying for that. There's a story in 1 Samuel chapter 1, if you want to turn there uh, in your Bible or in your device, 1 Samuel chapter 1, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. It's a story of a lady named Hannah. Hannah was the, the, the wife, the second wife of a man. This guy had two wives, all right? And one of the wives was able to have children, but Hannah could not. The other wife would use this against Hannah. She would taunt her. She would tell her what a loser she was, how bad she was because she could not have a child. Year after year, Hannah would go to the temple and she would pray, God, please give me a child. Year after year to the temple and she would ask God, please, please. Well, there was one day that she showed up to the temple and she prayed differently. She had a different way of praying. And here's what she said in 1 Samuel 1.11. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life. How many would agree that's a pretty big vow to pray? Well, something about that shifted God. 
And God moved. And that there's a great, you can read this story. Eli, the priest, saw her praying, and she was in such anguish that he thought she was drunk. And he said, how dare you come drunk into the house of God? And she said, I'm not drunk. I'm pouring out my heart to God. And Eli told her, all right, because of that, go in peace. God's going to answer your prayer. And God did. God honored her vow and gave her a son. And then she honored her vow. As soon as he was weaned, she brought Samuel to the temple. She shows up in verse 26. Verse 26, 1 Samuel 1. She said to Eli, Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. And I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and God has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And Samuel lived in the temple. Samuel served the priest. Samuel spent all of his days there, and Samuel became one of the great prophets for Israel because Hannah gave him to the Lord. Think about that. Giving your child, just imagine you coming to me and Chris and going, I'm going to give you my child. First of all, don't, okay? Ours are right grown and raised. We, we don't need it. We'll just hug them on Sunday. But what would cause a mom to want to bring her child and give it? I believe it's this. According to the law, you were supposed to bring your best sacrifice to the house of God. You didn't go get some lamb that was missing a leg or an ear. You didn't do that. You would bring the best sacrifice that you could to the house of God. And Hannah, the greatest thing that she had was her son. Hannah gave her most precious possession, her son. Doesn't that sound like another giver that we know? They gave his most precious possession For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son to us. Hannah gave the best that she had. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, those of you on site and those of you online, God's house calls for our best. And what is your most precious possession? What is our most precious possession? I'll tell you what it is. It's our children. It's our family. What if you and I would bring our children to the house of God. Dedicate them to the house of God. Train them in the house of God. Be an example for them in the house of God. What if we would plant our kids in God's house? We've been doing this for a a long time as a church. We've been following what we call the orange model, and I talked about it several weeks ago. Uh, But now we're making it a really big deal. You're going to hear about it a lot. The orange model is how we're going to partner with families to minister to your children. Orange is made up of yellow, the light of the church, and red, the heart of the home. Instead of you coming and dropping your kids off here and us teaching them for a few minutes on Sunday and then sending them back to you, we're going to partner with you as a family. And we're going to partner with you not just on Sunday, but all through the week. We're going to be giving you ways for you to help raise your kids up in in the admonition of the Lord. Let's plant our kids in the house of God. Let's make a commitment. We as a Hills family, Hills church and staff, we are making a commitment to you that we're not just going to let your kids go. From nursery all the way to college, we're going to partner with them and love on them. And I want you as a family to make that same vow and partnership with us that we're going to make the house of God a big deal in their life. I announced it, I don't know if you saw it on social media, but Chris and I announced and we told you it was going to be cold today and we told you what our plans are for the next several weeks. We're doing this for a couple of reasons, but the main reason that we're going to open this place up next week, February 14th on Valentine's Day, our kids are going to go back to church. They're going to be inside 
And the reason we're doing that for the first two weeks is we want God to know, we want you to know, kids are what matter. Our next generation is what's matter. And the first services we're going to have in there is not going to be us, it's going to be our kids. Let's celebrate that today. Amen. Evan and Davis have served in God's house ever since we, we raised them in Austin. They were raised in God's house. Chris and I talked about it this week that when we would meet at the John Wesley United Methodist Church, I have videos of them un- uh, rolling, rolling tables and things out of, uh, out of, out of the U-Haul. And I have to get Davis out of the way so it wouldn't get crushed. And they've just served. Uh, it's just been a, a way of life. I remember when we were in the Knowles Center. They'd be taping, taping down cords. Matter of fact, Davis is right in there right now serving. He, he, he just put up every scripture that you see. That's Davis doing that right there. And now Davis is training Asher Clark to to take that on. Our kids, our youth, our next gen are not the next generation. They're the now generation. Last Wednesday, we had 80 young people at the Slavinsky's house. Come on, can you celebrate that? Well, you know what? The Slavinsky's house was getting too small, so pretty soon you're going to have your own place right in here. We're going to bring our children to the house of God. I'm a church boy. I was raised. I, I came out of my mama's belly and was in church the next week. It was just a way of life for me. I just can't get away from it. I'm a, I'm a church boy. Kristen has devoted her life to, to God and to his house. And, and our team, I look, even look at our team that, that we've hired that just love the house of God. Proverbs 22 and 6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Those of you with young children, the greatest advice I could give you is make the house of God a big deal in their life. Train them up, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. I love this passage, Matthew 19 and 13, and I'm almost done. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. But Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads, and he blessed them before he left. This venue is for them now and long after we're gone. I'm believing that the babies we dedicate long after we're gone and we're in heaven and we're looking down and celebrating them that they're going to be raising their children in this place and raising, they're going to raise their children in this place. Here's what I found. When we plant our best in God's house, something miraculous happens. Look at your neighbor and repeat after me. Say, when we plant our best, hold up. You're not looking at your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor. All right. You're in camouflage, but I still saw you, buddy. Okay. Turn to your neighbor. All right. Say it. Say it. When we plant our best in God's house, something miraculous happens. Now, watch this. Look at this scripture. Psalms 92. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. And then it goes on. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. You see, a seed becomes a tree. Tree produces fruit, which bears more seed, which plants more trees. So one seed planted in God's house becomes a legacy. Planting your child in God's house. You showing up early for Asher to serve. Watching Acts worship on the front row. Seeing you bundling your babies up right here. That 
that's planting a seed. That seed will never die. It's going to produce generation after generation after generation. Let me give you the example of what I read today. Hannah gave her son to God's house. Samuel served in God's house, had a love for God's house. And then Samuel was the one who anointed David to be king. David loved God's house. David said, better is one day in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper in God's house. He would say, I long for God's house. David's son, Solomon, built God a house. And because David loved God's house, God made a promise to him. In 2 Samuel 7, the Lord spoke to David and said, The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. In other words, Hannah, Samuel, David, Solomon, and David, God told David, you're not going to build me a house. But just because you said you wanted to, I'm going to give you a throne that will never, ever end. And guess who was a descendant of David? Jesus Christ. And his throne will never end. All because Hannah dedicated her son to God and to his house. And this is why I'm spending an entire message and we're dedicating the next several weeks to our new new venue, giving our new venue over to our next generation. So next Sunday, Hills Kids in Middle School, right here at 11 a.m., Hills Youth still rocking it on Wednesday, and then something I'm really excited about, on February the 28th, we're going to have a big worship night in our new building. We're going to kick this thing off saying, God, it's all about kids, kids, and then we're all going to come together for a night of worship, letting God know this place is dedicated to be a house of worship. I'm excited about it. How many are excited about what God's doing in his kingdom? Let me pray for you right now. Lord, I thank you for every person that's watching now. Those that are online and those that are right here on site in their cars or in the parking lot, I thank you that that they're, they're here. And I pray, God, that they hear this word today. Those that have children, those that one day will have children, those that have babies in their bellies right now. I pray, God, that you would let them grab hold of this word. And those, God, that their children are grown, those, Lord, that don't have children, that they would dedicate their life to the next generation. Everybody, somehow, everybody can do something to help grow the next generation. I thank you, God, for the revival that's happening in our youth. I thank you, Lord, for the revival that's happening with our kids. I thank you for all that you've done. We dedicate them to you. I pray, God, this year that we will baptize hundreds of kids, Lord, hundreds of teenagers. I pray this year that hundreds of next generation will dedicate their life to you. I pray, God, you'd move on the parents right now, that they would put your house first. They would put your kingdom first. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Let me, let me give you an opportunity today to make a commitment to Jesus. We do this every Sunday. We want to be a church that's welcoming. We want to be a church that anybody can show up to and feel loved. But we do not feel like we can close out a service without giving somebody an opportunity to make Jesus Lord of their life. 
And so here's, I want to lead you in this. And it's, it's a really simple process. It's not easy because Jesus paid a great price for it, but it is simple. He says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Aren't you thankful for that promise today? So maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord, or it could be that you've been a follower, but not real close. And today you want to recommit and reconnect with him today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I want you to to repeat after me. Come on, Hills family. Just join with them. Let's pray it today. Those of you online, those of you right here, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. I pray today that you would hear my prayer. I want to be a child of God. I want to be part of your family. I want to be planted in your house. Forgive me of my sins and my pride. I pray that you would cover me with your grace. And say this loud. I want you to fill me with your spirit. And I want everything that comes with it. Today, I want to begin a life with you. Abundantly, overflowing, to live with you eternally. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. Come on, Hills family. Clap your hands and honk your horns. Let's celebrate with these folks that just prayed that prayer. Thank you so much.